Hi everyone, this is JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober. You can always find me online, um, most likely at Twitter at JJ Outlaw. I'm also available on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. And you can even shoot us an email. My email address is thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. And finally, you can always see our posts of the blog that, of course, that existed before this podcast at thegourmetgoober.com. Now, for those of you who have been listening to our shows, and again, thank you for listening, you may notice that it's just me this time. It's normally me and my co-host and BFF and, you know, best friend and (laughs) hubby, um, Big Daddy, a.k.a. um, T. Outlaw. Um, This is actually a very difficult segment to record this week for us. And so after discussing it, we decided that I would be the one who take the handle of recording this first um, part of the podcast. Um, It's difficult because usually we start every podcast by talking about how our week went. And if you follow us on social media, you unfortunately got the answer to that as we lost um, our longtime um, dog or fur baby, Bear Boo. Um, He passed away last week after um, having a massive seizure on Monday morning. Unfortunately, he did not recover from the seizure. And so we as a family decided to um, make sure that he was in no longer in any type of pain on, on Tuesday. So as you can imagine, it was a difficult decision. Um, we had Baraboo for uh, almost 13 years. Um, he was an anniversary present, so we've had him almost as long as we've been married. We raised him from a puppy when he was about six months old. And he has just been just a part of our lives in every way imaginable. Um, he's been a comfort when we lost loved ones. He has been a source of laughter when we've had hard days. Um, he has been just an incredible companion in every way. I always like to say that Baraboo is the world's most loving and greedy dog. <laughs> He's a Kishan, so of course he was greedy. Um, I always said that if you were not liked by Baraboo, if he mistrusts you in any way, you must be an axe murderer because he loved everybody and everything um, from licking the baby ducks when he was <laughs> um, a puppy and causing us to get chased by the mama duck as a result to we had two cats that also live with us and he um, coddled and took care and groomed the cats. So he was kind of their big brother as well. Um, so just an amazing dog and he will definitely be missed. That said, um, his passing has made this week rather difficult. So again, having a segment talking about how our week went, well, it was kind of a bad week. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I wanted to, to share some thoughts from Big Daddy, though. Um, even though being part of this segment was a little hard for him, there are some things that we together want to make sure that people know. One, um, because we did post about it on social media, for the people who have expressed their incredible, heartfelt um, words of condolences on our Instagram pages, I want to say thank you for that. Um, your comments did not go unnoticed. We really do appreciate the outpouring of emotion and it made the grieving process just a little easier this week. Um, we also want to make sure that we thank the people that were instrumental in keeping Baraboo healthy, even throughout the last minutes of his life. 
Um, there is an incredible hospital I cannot say enough about. It's in Hobart, Indiana. It's called the Hobart Animal Hospital. They run a 24-hour emergency room that from the time that Bear Boo had his seizure in the morning, they took him right on in. We were there until about 4.30 um, Central Time that morning, and they took incredible care of him. And then even when we had to leave him, unfortunately, so that we can go to our various day jobs, they contacted me every two hours on the dot to give me a status report on how he was doing. Um, that meant a lot to me. And then later on, when we were told by the staff that perhaps we should make our way back um, and spend as much time as possible as we could with him, um, given us the option to bring him home so that he can be comfortable and surrounded by, you know, the people who love him. They did an excellent job of giving us all the tools we need to make his last night special. So we wanted to say thank you to them because without their help and support, it would have been a much harder process and decision for us. Um, and then finally, we wanted to together thank the people at Lake Station Pet Clinic. It's an incredible pet clinic in Lake Station, Indiana. Um, just to give you something about Baraboo, he was a Kaishan, and like many Kaishans, he was susceptible to developing diabetes. And so he developed diabetes really, rather early in his walkthrough life. And the people at Lake Station Pet Clinic, particularly Dr. Cooper, um, they took such incredible care of him that most dogs, when they become diabetic, rarely live past four or five years, and Baraboo enjoyed 10 years of relatively great health before um, the seizure. So I, I have to say that they did an amazing job all throughout his life. And when, when we decided that, unfortunately, we needed to make that decision, um, the staff, particularly Dr. Cooper and the vets, they came in early to help us with that process, um, even before the start of their shift. And then they all came together because they cared for him. And, you know, we boarded him with them throughout the 10 years. Um, they came together to give us the support we need. So I can honestly say that his last moments with us were surrounded by people who deeply, deeply love him. So we wanted to also say thank you to them because we couldn't have gotten through the day without it. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be a shorter episode, as you can imagine. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And after that break, we're going to go into a segment that was pre-recorded. We did that primarily because we weren't really sure how we were going to address the first segment. So we wanted to give ourselves some time to do that. That said, Big Daddy and I will be back on the Gourmet Goober. You'll have a new episode drop next week. Um, but we wanted to give ourselves some time to do the, the required self-care we need um, to move forward. Because again, when you have a fur baby in your lives for 12 years, um, it's a little hard coming back to a, a relatively empty house. So um, we're just going to give ourselves the space and the grace to deal with that. And we thank everyone for listening to the Gourmet Goober. Uh, we promise we'll have a regular episode next week. But until then, um, we just appreciate everyone's love and support. It's been a lot. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and thank you for listening. Hey guys, this is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And we're the co-hosts with the Gourmet Goober podcast with a very important question. 
Are you a little gourmet or a lot of wretched? <laughs> or maybe you consider yourself gumbo worthy. Hey, if the answer is yes to any of those questions, then you need to tell the world with your very own Goober swag. From mugs and aprons to t-shirts and sweatshirts, it's the perfect way to show your love for the Gourmet Goober podcast and, you know, help us keep the lights on in the process. <laughs> so if you are a little bit gourmet and a lot ratchet, head on over to gooberswag.com, that's gooberswag.com, and get your very own Goober gear today. Tell them Big Daddy sent you. That's right. Tell them. And we're back. Um, this is JJ Outlaw, and this time I'm here with my hubby and BFF, T Outlaw. I am. <laughs> and you are listening to The Gourmet Goober, the podcast for those who, who like their se- um, tea season and no. <laughs> their food season and their tea piping hot. <laughs> well, you, I was about to say, where you been going with your tea now? Hey, you don't want to know what's in my tea. I'm saying. <laughs> Police might need to know about your little tea thing. <laughs> that's okay. But anyway, um, as you may have heard in the last segment, um, we went on a little bit of a road trip, um, and so we are back home. And this week is a shortened week. So, um, again, we thank everyone for listening. Um, before I go any further, again, for those of um, you who are just dropping in, you can find me on Twitter anytime at, at JJ Outlaw, and I'm on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. And where can they find you? Mm, you can find me somewhere. I'm in the hood, yo. <laughs> I am at T Outlaw on Twitter and on the Instagram. You can find me at T Outlaw with the Josie Wells on it. Yes, like the movie. Which, yes. by the way, I, I forget. Did you actually ever see? The Outlaw Josie Wells, since I know you use that as kind of like your alias and has forever. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, I think I was waiting for Clint Eastwood to get out, you know, quit talking to the chair <laughs> and tell me where I can watch the movie. So, yeah, one day I just sat there and watched The Outlaw Josie Wells, and it was captivating for a while. But now it's like, man, it was a little dated, but I, 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 it was hip, it was hot. The kids can dance through it. You know, a lot of his spaghetti westerns were really dated. Um, they were just a, obviously a product of the times. Although, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I know that by heart. Because that's like one of my dad's favorite uh, movies, that, and for a fish uh, full of dollars. So, even though they're just like ridiculously dated and everything, every time I hang out with my father. Next to watching a good slasher movie, because you and I both know that my father loves horror movies. I think that's where I get my love of it from. Um, yeah, outside of watching that and making fun of the zipper and, like, the creature from the Black Lagoon's outfit, mm-hmm. he loves a good spaghetti western. So, and speaking of him, it was actually really cool. Um, this weekend we got a chance to go home and, well, my home anyway. I'm, I'm from Indianapolis and spend some time with some loved ones. Unfortunately, I lost, um, a, a beloved family friend, um, a couple weeks ago so we went to pay our respects and i got a chance to hang out with my siblings and it was great it was kind of a nice road trip got the hands a chance to get some home cooking um with the family members see all my siblings and just experience life outside of chicago land and just allow us to clear our heads because as i said in the last segment again it's been kind of a trying week to say the least um on the road trip, though, it was actually pretty funny because 
when we were on our way to Indianapolis, Big Daddy and I, whenever we road trip to see my family there, there's like a routine, right? So there's a little, um, where is it again? Like what town is like Hebron or something like weird like that? Yeah, it's like south of Maryville. Like I could say it's low, but most likely yes, Hebron, Indiana. Yeah, it's maybe about what forty-five minutes outside of Chicago. Yes. Yeah, there's like this little roads, um, um, like oh, car races that we usually go to. Um, it's always at the same exit, and while we're there, um we usually have like a routine for road trips so that we will stop at the Wendy's. My husband will order the same thing every time. <laughs> I'm a man of consistency. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I can say it in my sleep now, chicken nuggets, ten piece chicken nuggets with the fries mm-hmm. and a small cheeseburger. And then I usually try to get something um, on the menu with no fries. And it's kind of become our tradition as far as road tripping. Oh, excuse me. I'm still getting over that cold. It just will not let go. Um, but the funny thing was on our trip down, we were trying to cheer ourselves up. And we were talking about road trip traditions, both in terms of when we take road trips, it's, you know, it's a couple where we go. And then even when we were kids, like like when I was a kid growing up with a large family, stopping off at the drive-thru was not a thing. Okay. You pack your food. Early in the morning, you have exactly all the sandwiches counted out. You had all the drinks and everything ready to go. And then wherever you go, you just brought like a ginormous cooler. And then everyone got one sandwich. Everyone got one drink. Um, My mom didn't believe in giving us chips unless it was like a special occasion. So we usually had like carrots or crackers to snack on. But that was like our road trip food tradition. Yes, cute and all. Your parents liked you. <laughs> My parents were just kind of like, you know what? You Your know, parents liked you too? They kind of liked me. I mean, they started off with like, you know, they have, you know, water, you know, in a jug. And, you know, I'm sure they had some sandwiches, you know, if things went bad. But at a certain point, when we started getting stinky, cranky, at a certain point, they just kind of gave them and said, you know what? There's a rest stop right there. Or there's a, like, you know, the gas station. Go get some chips and keep your damn mouth shut. Wow. <laughs> they just wanted peace in the, in the car. When you got big folks, I mean, like, you know, when you're traveling with your aunts, your uncles, and your sister, and, you know, at a certain point, that family relationship breaks down. You know what happens? Brother gets chips. <laughs> and they, you know, it's kind of like bartering for your silence. And you know when you don't, when you have food in your mouth, you don't you know get as cranky. See that never worked for us because again, it was sort of weird because my parents of course sat in the front and we usually run in the car because there were like four kids so we all sat in the back. Of course, you have that undoubted thing where I I think it's honestly impossible for a family that size to travel without irking your other sibling. It's just human nature if you're like in a car for more than two hours and you're beside someone you you just have to needle them somehow um so yeah i guess now i think about it allocating the food and things like that the way my parents did was kind of their way of you know keeping us quiet but then also you know the fact that you know my parents 
my my family's really funny about food. Let's put it that way. And so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they're funny. Oh, they're a bunch of comedians with this. <laughs> Look, oh my God. What he's saying basically is that when we first met years ago, years and years ago in college, like when we would split something, I would split it exactly the same. And he's like, No, no, I trust him. Like, no, 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 no. I want you to watch me cut this sandwich. And he'll be like, Dude, it's okay. I'm like, you don't understand. That's how it is in my family. And so years later, were we married when you first saw it? Yes. You were hanging out with my younger brother. And I have two younger brothers. And the oldest of the two, um, my husband and I were at the kitchen table. He came in. We greeted each other. And I was like, hey, just so you know, there's a little bit of cake left. And he's like, I'll get the knife. And then with like the precision of like, a surgeon <laughs> separating, you know, conjoined twins. My brother carefully measured exactly what is half of the cake. And then we split it so that we know that one person didn't have more than the other. And that was important. That was how we avoided fights. So same sandwiches, split the cake. <laughs> Anything of Everyone gets the same drink. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Almost to the point of just <laughs> of astonishment with this uh, division. You know, if nothing else, there was definitely a uh, a space. Hey, that is how you keep the peace in my house, okay? Because okay. undoubtedly, when you don't do that, then it's like a free for all. So, for example, my father, to, um, up until the day he retired, my father worked in construction. And so he brought the lunchbox with him to work. And usually mom would pack him a lunch and like a really good sandwich. And then they would have like treats and then soda because we weren't allowed to drink soda. But then the treats were like something that, again, we weren't allowed to eat in case it's special occasions. So it's like little Debbie or something crazy like that. And so undoubtedly, my father, as he traveled, he would bring home really cool stuff for us to try, like cheese fudge and all sorts of things as he goes out and about. So the key is when he brought that lunchbox home, then it wasn't a matter of just everyone gets equal. It's just to the victor goes to spoils. (laughs) So I can be across the street in my, my friend's room. And then my father could be pulled up around the corner. And suddenly my foodie sense was like, I must go. There's a lunchbox. (laughs) Mm. And then, all of us converge on the house, and whoever got the lunchbox first got first pick. And there were some nasty fights. So I'm telling you, as crazy as it sounds, the division for our road trip rules, that kept the peace. That was the way to do it. Yeah. So how that relates to us is we were kind of sharing the story. And then we talked about, do we have our own road trip rules as far as food as well? And then you brought up the whole concept of community fries that you and your mom had. Can you explain mm-hmm. that? Community fries and, to a small extent, house nuggets. That's my thing. I, first and foremost, there's one thing you need to know. When you order fries and they come in a package, those fries are mine. From from top to bottom, the I, contents I, of the fries. I feel there's something in this just now. Your explanation. The fries 
The girl is mine. Are you still salty about that? Oh, I pretty much believe that the french fries that were allocated within the small, medium, large concession, everything that was alive for those fries belonged to me. And there's no such thing as, oh, you know, what happens in the bag, you know, seeps out of the bag. There's no quote unquote, oh, like, you know, I get, this, you know, to the victors who find the French fry at the end, you know, outside of the, the content of the paper receptacle gets the no, fries. No, but I thought you guys shared the fries. That was the whole point of the community fries. No, the concept of the community fries is... What my mother was very intelligent about was we were very adamant about our fries belong to us. There's none of this, uh, like, no random fries getting divvied out. No. What my mother would do is she would buy an extra small thing of fries. And it's for this concept to cut down on any quabbles or any, yeah, any quibbles. What will happen is a section of fries will be allocated out that would become the community fries. So thus, you would get from the community fry batch, not the possession fries. Oh, okay, okay. So let me see if I get this right. So everyone got their own order of fries, right? Yes, if they and order then, fries, they get fries. And then there's an extra fry that your mom divvy out. It's like community fries. So it was above and beyond which order. Yes, because what will happen is inevitably any trip to any restaurant that or place that have fries, you know that anything more than a few minutes is not going to uh, get. What's going to happen is anything that, like, or any trip, as you would say, that will last more than a minute or two, the return home, you know, you're going to start putting your hands in the bag. So thus, what will happen is we're just going to say, hey, the fries are community, uh, but, you know, when you get home, your fries, all you. And there'll be no quibbles about, like, oh, you know, how we, the bad fries, we're not going to get surgical with it. Hey, you're going to be happy with your fries, but, you know, the community fries and, to a small extent, the uh, house nuggets, because we go along the same vein with the nuggets. Because as opposed to French fries, which is basically, you know, a mass of potatoes, you know, nuggets or any chicken tenders, as you will. You know, they have an, a finite amount, so thus we count our fries. I'm sorry, we count our nuggets. Okay, our so I fries. think what you're really going with this is during our road trip and we were talking about traditions, one of the traditions that I realized that we had was my version of community fries is, look, obviously what's in the fry container is your fry. But, you know, anything that happened to be in the bag, that's fair game, right? No. I, I, I personally think there's fair game. And so I reached in after handing off to my husband the fries for him to nibble. And I was like, oh, look, bonus fries. And it's on the bottom of the bag. And I ate a couple. And he was a wee bit salty about that. <laughs> no, there's more than saltiness there. <laughs> 
There's no such thing as bonus prize. This isn't pinball, kids. <laughs> no, we don't get down like that. Anything that comes out of that, there's no bonus. Like, you know, if there are two sp- specific prize in the bag, thus meaning, you know, person A has prize, person B has prize. Anything that leaped out of that, out, you know, container, we can divvy up when we get home. But that being said, if I order a large and you order a medium and we get to our destination and there's some fries in the bag outside of the receptacle, guess what? We at that point are going to be divvying up like the larger gets the large. The medium gets the medium or the small or whatever. And there the two shall meet. You know, I think we're just going to have to agree to disagree on that. Because quite frankly, I look. In, in, in our world, I, I see that I deserve the community price. <laughs> I'm <laughs> because sure. That's the price that, you know, while you're driving, I'm the one who's like serving the food. Kind of like a waitress. So you can't reach into the bag. I hand it off to you. So those two little measly community fries, consider that your tip. Tip. <laughs> I'm about to say what you tip me with a fried nugget. <laughs> uh, wait a minute, I, I'm sorry. Tips. A tip. Yeah, you I, don't go I, to a restaurant and not tip. Yeah, I'm uh, providing a service and handing off to you. Providing a service. <laughs> yeah, you see it as tipping. I see it as dibs. You I know. get down like that. There's no, there's, <laughs> yeah. There's no community service. And I sure as hell am not going to, you know, reduce you to the point of a waitress because that's going to open up a whole new can of worms that I'm not getting into with modern women right now. Okay. Well, we could talk all day about the community fries and the road trip foods, foods um, rules. I'm, I'd be curious to listen, hear what you guys' rules are. So if you happen to have like your own rule and maybe you can help us determine who's right in the community fries. I personally think that what's ever in the bag is fair game. No. And no. Big Daddy believes that what's in the bag is still ownership and ownership is not in nine tenths of the law, but technically it's not in the container. So it's anyone's game. It's anyone's game. So you guys can like let us know what you think. You can tweet us. Um at JJ Outlaw and at um, T Outlaw, and then hashtag the goop, and just kind of let us know what's your version of the road trip rules, food rules. How do you guys navigate that? Because I personally think share and share alike. You know, we're on the road, it's just two of us. So <laughs> yeah, clearly, you disagree with that. Sharing is not so much for the cuddly people. No, we don't get down like that. So but sharing in this case is not caring. <laughs> that being said, I am willing to uh, offer, like in terms of a nugget, which is a finite thing. I have my other concept of road rules. It's the um, house nugget? <laughs> yes. With the house nugget, what you can do is if you as a person want one of my nuggets or vice versa, you can ask and we can trade. That's not fun. The fun or, is in stealing the nugget and the fry. That's the sport of it. There's, <laughs> you know, there's such a thing as, you know, don't introduce a sport to it because 
what can happen is you can end up with a fork in your hand. <laughs> so let's not go there. But yes, if we are, if you ask me for a nugget, I can, you know, we cool with it. I can give you a nugget or some portion of it, or we can barter for something else. All right. Well, everyone's listening. I'm sure that you feel much better in hearing the nuances of our marriage. <laughs> Apparently, it's been challenged by fries in a bag. But yeah, that's that's pretty much life with us. <laughs> yeah, when we start throwing you know restaurant knives at each other, yeah, so you know it starts getting serious. But we haven't reached that point yet. No, we are not there yeah. that point yet. Yes. Speaking of things that rattle you one thing that we did see this week before we went on a road trip that totally got you going was this concept that i first heard about a couple weeks ago on another podcast um i think it's the where's my 40 acres podcast which by the way just as a side note if you guys haven't heard that podcast yet please listen um particularly if you're a fan of hip-hop and a fan of music in general um it's a, a podcast that covers hip-hop and pop culture in a brilliant and really funny way. But they were discussing on one of their previous podcasts about this restaurant in New York City that has something called the Watermelon Steak. And let me just read a little bit about it. So the Watermelon Steak is put out by a restaurant that's called Duck Eatery. Here's the weird thing. They're known for meats, right? So they have small plate barbecue, and they have gourmet meats, but they're no strangers to vegan meat recreation. So they recently developed this weird thing that's called a cantaloupe burger. But the thing that really got Big Daddy going was when I was sharing something that they have, which is called the watermelon steak. And so basically, it's a steak. It's a watermelon, right? That the way they prepare it is that first the rind is shaved off, um, then the fruit, the watermelon is brined in four days in salt, ash, and spices. After that, the watermelon is smoked for eight hours, pan roasted in its own juices with some rosemary, and then they carve it up at your table. And so Apparently, it's like a huge, huge hit in this location. But I share the view of the people Where's My 40 Acres podcast. I'm not exactly sold on the whole watermelon steak. And then I shared it with you, and it was just like, oh, no, we have to talk about this. Because that is not going on my plate anytime soon. Because then there's like, you know, watermelon Steak sandwiches, watermelon ham, prepared the same way. Uh, you know, I pride myself on being adventurous. I really do. But I have to say, this is not it. <laughs> this is not it for me. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Although I know what you're probably going to say. No. <coughs> oh, you want this. No. <laughs> yes, full disclosure, she brought this to my attention but she didn't give me all the details from the from the start she just kind of led me into the cave and well said, is it hey. any better now that you know how it's prepared no <laughs> that being said i 
pride myself on being a little more carnivorous than omnivorous. That's my big word for the day. <laughs> That's being said, pretty much my biggest thing is I heard the word, or, sorry, I heard the word watermelon steaks. And she also mentioned uh, watermelon ham. So in my mind, I hear watermelon steak and I'm thinking, hey, this is, you know, traditional, you know, steak beef um, material that, uh, in my mind's thoughts of askew thinking, hey, um, you know, this, this is, might be kind of intriguing. Um, so basically you're kind of brining this bad boy with, uh, with watermelon? Like, you know, from the juice or the seeds or something? Huh. Now I'm intrigued. Um, uh, hmm. That's going to sound a little weird, but okay, I'll, I'll, I'll conceive it. I'll try it. I'll... Wait, you'll actually try it? No, 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 no. <laughs> Back, hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> no. And then I learned that there's, you know, there's some deceptive practices here. I felt I was led astray. I was bamboozled. I was not told every part of this because what my biggest problem with this concept, I'm sorry, my biggest problem with this was it was where the the words were put together. The watermelon steak makes me think of a steak with watermelon juices or some portion of it. Not the watermelon as in the plant or a vegetable being jacked up, cut up, manipulated, stripped naked of its perfect essence. <laughs> its perfect essence. And then just had horrible things done to it, burnt and desecrated and turned just all inside out for the sake of some vegan pleasure. Now, the word watermelon steak to me says it's a steak, meat, not a plant-based, really un- impossible type thing that is burnt for someone's get over pleasure. My problem is with the wording. It's like the watermelon was put in at uh, in my mind as an adjective, not as the actual noun, thus meaning the actual product. So I was led astray by this. And then when I heard about the ham and the cantaloupe and everything, oh, I just got all left, turned left here. I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm, I, as a matter of fact, it's giving me a headache just even hearing it. Okay, so is your problem the fact that they claim it's steak and it's really not? Although, quite frankly, when you see it, it's very obviously not meat. Like, it's I mean, it's clear how they prepared it that even though they tried to make it look like to have the consistency of grind, I mean, prime rib, it really, well, in my opinion, it looks kind of creepy. So you can tell that it's not meat. So is your problem mainly that they call it meat and ham and it's clearly not bad and it's false advertising? Or is it like me, the whole concept of, dude, there's just certain things you don't do to watermelon, just let it be. You know, there's that option of, yes, it's all the above. 
it's just blasphemy. I don't know what to do with this. No, I, I pretty much, I would like to say that I'm intrigued enough to see what occurs from this. I'm willing to smell it, but I don't know if I want to put that down my throat. Because it may be a little bit too outside for me, but at the same time, it's, I think my biggest problem is the truth in advertising. It's, in my mind, if I saw this on a restaurant menu, I'm thinking it's a steak with some watermelon essence. Well, Not hopefully so they'll like describe what it is, first of all, if it's on a menu. But then again, I was just thinking, how is that different than like an Impossible Burger? You know how it's clearly made to look like meat. Like with the Impossible Burger, you know, it's I it's plant-based. I don't know if it's soy, but they even have something in it. So it has like a pink center and things like that. But when you order one, you know you're not getting real meat. It's like, you know, a vegetarian replacement, which, just as a side note, really good. Yeah, wow. You know, you can be anything. <laughs> you can get it from soy or right now. That's great. And all that being said, you know, an impossible burger, okay, it's like saying a bison burger or. A horse burger, not that I'm going looking for horses or alligator burger, but that being in my mind. But when I look for a steak, I look for some consistency of a meat, not so much, you know, my tendency being led astray. You can describe it all you want, but if I'm reading the word correctly or the, the sentence, a watermelon steak generally in my mind would think that the watermelon would be the adjective. So I'm looking for meat or some semblance of meat, not so much a jacked up watermelon. I don't get down like that, but okay. It, it was a nice try. Well, you thought you got me, but you didn't. Well, to be fair, although I, I did not expect you to react so strongly when I told you about it. <clears throat> to say the least. <laughs> oh, my cold. When I first told him about it, he held his chest kind of like um, Fred, Sanford. Fred Sanford from um, <laughs> um, Sanford and Son. So I'm like, it's not that dramatic. But to be fair, if it makes you feel better, other people share your concern that perhaps this might be, you know, fake meat going too far. So. Um, and the article that I first read about it, and I think they touched about it in Where's My 40 Acres, was on foodbeats.com. And although a lot of people really praised it as being, you know, a revolutionary thing, as they put it, some social media users have lambasted the joint for his quote-unquote New York vegan shit, as someone put it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, and then some of the comments is, what in the New York vegan shit is it? Please explain. Why has this gone too far? Stop hurting the human race. Someone actually tweeted, this is why I have trust issues. That's why I have trust issues also. And then my favorite, why the hell would anyone do this to a watermelon? If you need it, if you eat it, you need Jesus. Yeah. So anytime you bring Jesus into the mix, that's something serious and very divisive. Yes. <laughs> It's dividing our country up. No. That being said, there's also one other element to this, specifically with this restaurant, 
that kind of got my ears all t- bent sideways. What was the price on this you dish? Know, wait, wait, wait. Wasn't it like $75 or something like that? I yes. think that's what I was quoted. Yes, it was $75 and there's a waiting list. Nah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, now, once I heard that number, I'm thinking, oh, no, no, we, we can go way past the problem of this being just a watermelon that's jacked up. We're talking about, um, what was this, the uh, the richest, illest stuff? Yes. It's the most expensive. It's this stuff. If I'm paying $75 for something called steak, it best well come from some holy cow sitting in a a pen somewhere who's living his best life right before the slaughter. <laughs> for $75, this thing better have gold nuggets up in it. <laughs> it better shit gold bricks. <laughs> because, yeah, if I'm paying $75, this... I better be getting something other than, you know, fake food. <laughs> so, in other words, I, and in conclusion, I think this is probably something you're not willing to try. Am I getting, wait a minute, am I getting to try this for free? <laughs> no. <laughs> then, well, I guess we answered that question, didn't we? Computer says no. <laughs> Computer says no. Computer says hell to the freak to the no. <laughs> Speaking of trying new things, the other, the last thing we wanted to talk about that we, it came up in conversation on our road trip and was the concept that Walmart is entering the food shipping race. And so with Walmart, um, food shipping like ship, for example, which just as a side note, I have done ship before, both as a shopper and actually requested ship. Um, that's the one that most people know. There's also Instacart. So Walmart wants to be part of the game. And so an announcement on Friday, June 7th, Walmart president and CEO Mark Laura revealed that the retailer will be offering a new service everywhere by fall 2020. They will deliver groceries straight to your refrigerator. As in a Walmart worker will come to your house, open your fridge, and place your just purchased cartons of milk and bunches of grapes straight in there. Wait, what? Yes. So here's how it supposedly works. Now, Walmart always already has same-day pickup and delivery, okay. but they're going to go the extra mile, and they have a service that's called in-home. And so they're going to launch it initially this fall in Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and Vero Beach, Florida. And then they're going to expand it in different cities, um, until 5 2020 where it's available anywhere. So the way it works is you'll place a grocery order as you normally would and select in-home delivery and delivery date when you check out. So then they will actually have specially trained people from Walmart and Walmart employees who already work in store. They can enter your home through the front door of their garage. There'll be a smart device that enables a one-time access during the delivery window. And then they here's the thing they will even come the delivery person will have a wearable camera so you can watch the entire grocery drop off from start to finish <laughs> okay there are so many issues i have with this i i, uh, I just can't imagine and you're not home mm-hmm. and you just trust somebody to just come to your house and go in your fridge <laughs> 
put your stuff in your fridge. I, I, I get the convenience. I get the convenience, but I don't know. I can't wrap my brain around it. It just doesn't seem like there's a lot of issues. I mean, first of all, no offense. I don't want y'all in my fridge. I just don't. Look, if if you go in the fridge and realize that we didn't toss out the Chinese food from last week, you're going to be judging me anyway. So I'm not comfortable with that. Fair enough. Um, then it kind of gets weird because they're like in your house and unattended. If you have pets, for example, I mean, having done ship as a shopper where you just, you know, go and do your grocery shopping and bring them to the door. The idea of going inside the house and putting their groceries away seems like above and beyond. I mean, are you going to tip them extra? Are you going to pay them extra for that? I mean, that's like an added, it's different than just. Like, for example, when you order pizza from Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut does not bring it to your table and, like, serve it to you, <laughs> you know? I, I just I just think that's just, like, a convenience too far. Plus, what's to say what's going to happen? Because they have access to your house th- um, through a smart device, which I imagine is connected to the Internet of Things. Okay. And that can be hacked. Yes. I, I I mean, I once did a story when I was doing more freelance writing than I do now. And one of it, the focus was on the internet of things. In this case, it was an article that I ghost written for a client where um, it was for a new pet device. And I had a chance to speak with the people who created the device in an interview setting. And it came up, I'm like security because people's Wi-Fi and stuff gets hacked all the time. What happens if someone hacks? I mean, well, the dog and cat get, like, extra food thrown at them from this device? How do you protect that? And he admitted that, you know, just like any, the cloud-based, internet-based thing, uh, and if you're not familiar with the Internet of Things, that's the new idea that, like, your smart home device, like your Echo, can be connected to, you know, your furnace, your lights, your fridge, so you can, like, open your fridge and order stuff. I, I, I'm just really uncomfortable with the idea that someone can have access to your house so easily because God forbid if something happens, they already know what's in my fridge and in my house. Yeah. What's to say they won't pay a visit later on when they're not on duty, you know? I mean, how do you feel about this? This is just weird, right? It's weird to me for a lot of reasons, and I believe that technology and the ability to bring things closer to you without venturing out is in parts of a blessing. That being said, there are, I mean, making our life simpler sometimes doesn't make it simpler. And I guess my first thing is, okay, I'm really down. Okay, fine. If you want to bring things to the house, you know, to our front door, you know, like the Amazons and as you said, the ship and whatever, the Grubhub. Great. That's I'm cool with that. That being said, there kind of is a a space like a line that that area should stop. Now, my thing is, how lazy are you that you can't even get it in your fridge? I can see if like if you're a big place, like a restaurant, if you will, that you know, has many orders and you have a big fridge and or a storage locker freezer 
and you need to get stuff in there, you know, while you're, you have other, uh, employees like, you know, moving this stuff around. Yeah. Having that can be, I guess, a, maybe a convenience, but at the same time, if this is a personal shopper type thing, why do you need someone coming to your house, going up in your fridge and placing this one? Two, I'm thinking in my mind, if someone goes in there and starts rearranging my food, um, I pretty much know where my sausage is, where my milk should sit, where my butter should sit. If for the convenience of moving around space to best get this job done and what not, um, I don't need someone's personal proclivities adjusting where I like my food to sit, you know, for convenience, just because it was convenient to them. It doesn't work that way. But three, yes, for security's sake, if um you messing with Big Mama's fridge, you best know that Big Mama ain't going to be happy with the result, no matter what grand thing you did for them for convenience. It don't get down like that. But if Walmart would like to be helpful to me, you know, why, when you get done, you want to run my bath water? You want to come in and like rub my feet, you know, when I get there. <laughs> so you know. it comes with like a massage or something. <laughs> yeah, you want to give me a massage while you're waiting or, you know, while you're delivering the stuff. If you want to come and cut my pizza, you know, I'm willing to listen to you. But at the same time, also, I like to say, for, you said it had like, you know, they come in and they have body cams where, you know, they're watching you. Oh, uh, right. no, you can watch them like remotely. You know, just like with some, you know, officers you know for some reason the body cams aren't always on so thus well things occur <laughs> you know as you said there are hacks there are blips of time where maybe you know the video is you know manipulated and things may occur like you know it's like hey you know they did a really good job like you know putting the stuff in my fridge but damn it where did my tv go they could do a lot of things with this, and I, I don't know. I like to believe it. I don't know. I think it's a little lazy to have them, like, okay, bring it to the house. Cool. Bring it to the front door. Cool. I think there should be, like, you know how they have in the Walmarts, um, like a storage thing? You know, the, like, you know, when the stuff is, like, ready for pickup? Right. They put them in, like, one of those little storage locker-looking things? Right. Okay, I think that, like, with Amazon and uh, with the Walmarts and stuff, like, you know, if they provide you with a box, you know, like at your front door or like in a, a space within your house or like a garage or something that they bring it to that space and it's like, you know, air conditioned or refrigerator or whatever. Okay, cool. But I think there should be a definitive line that it can't go any further because anything past that point, <laughs> you about to open up a whole can of worms. And a whole can of whoop ass that's about to come because there's going to be so many lawsuits that come from that. That's what I'm thinking. So, didn't Amazon try something similar before? Like, they had something weird, like, like the Amazon delivery. Mm, okay. Where I think they put the groceries inside the house. Which I'm sure is, you know, probably went through some experiments. I don't know what the actual result of that project was. But, 
I can see it being within a perimeter of the house. I'm thinking the fridge right now is secret. So, however it gets in there, I think it should be the owner or someone assigned specifically to handle that personally. Because everyone has personal preferences. Anything past that point is lending itself to a whole bunch of issues occurring. You know, that can't be easily ratified and may end up becoming something that can be dictated by other people. I don't like that. I don't, yeah, that makes me nervous. Well, it sounds like we're not going to probably be taking advantage of that anytime soon, which is sort of a good thing. Um, like I said in the previous segment, this is going to be a shortened week. So, and that'll just give us a chance to do some self-care. But we thought that it would be fun to kind of share with everyone the, the topics that we were dealing with um, that gave us joy. A little bit of laughter, if nothing else, than I understand Big Daddy's feeling about watermelon steak now. But to wrap up the week, um, what was the best thing you ate this week? The best thing I ate this week? Yes. Okay. The best thing I ate this week... There was a a small restaurant that had, if I believe right, they were catfish nuggets, and Wait. which is funny to me because you hate catfish. I eat catfish, and I, I have an allergy to iodine. Yes, please don't eat a lot of this. I'd really not like to sure <laughs> have anything happen to you. But where'd you get the catfish nuggets from? Tell me about this. No, it was a random restaurant in West Loop. I just happened to walk across. It was a hole in the wall off of Franklin. And the catfish nuggets were fried very hard. They were very tasty. And they came with a uh, nice little side of uh, hot sauce. Mm. Yes. That does sound tasty. Good hot sauce on the side. But not, it was hot, <laughs> but not too hot because, you know, I'm a little sensitive in my palate. Okay. Now I'm, like, really shook because, one, you don't eat catfish. <laughs> yes. Two, you're allergic to catfish. <laughs> I never said I was bright. <laughs> and three, I'm usually the hot sauce person now. So none of this makes any sense, but it sounds really good. That's how I did it. I did my due, and it was, uh, it was, I was actually surprised that I liked it. Well, the best thing I had this week was actually on Friday, because, like I said, this has been kind of a hard week, so we've been doing little things to practice self-care, and on Friday, Big Daddy surprised me before we got on the road with some donuts in honor of National Donut Day that just recently passed from Stan's Donuts. So if you haven't been to Stan's Donuts, first of all, they're a donut shop. I think they're based out of L.A., but they have a presence here in um, several stands throughout the Chicagoland area. They're known for their, you know, bright pink sign with the stripes on them. They have really um, unique donuts with flavors like Nutella stuffed donuts. They have one that's stuffed with marshmallows and chocolate that I recently had. Mm-hmm. Um they have a version of beignets. Now, 
let me just say, as someone who went to grad school down south, who has spent her 25th birthday at the Café du Monde, just eating tons and tons of beignets and watching people, I am well-versed in what a beignet is supposed to taste like. Now, are these the traditional beignets that you will find in the French Quarter of Café du Monde? No. Okay. That said, were they good? Yeah, they were. They were really good. Not that I've ever had a bad donut from Stan's Donut, now that I think about it. But it was, you know, it was sweet and it was the right, you know, dough to like, you know, topping ratio. Um, the great thing is when you order beignets from there, you don't get one donut, you get a pair of beignets. So I got a chance to enjoy it. But it was kind of an unexpected pleasure. Um, as donuts go in the Chicagoland area, I have my personal favorite. In fact, if you guys ever come out this way, the place to go is this place in, gosh, where is it? Crown Point. Crown Point, Indiana. It's called Kim Shaw 13 Donuts. And get this, this place is amazing. So the donuts at Kim Shaw 13, um, it's set in this old bank vault that was once robbed by the notorious gangster John Dillinger. It, and it's a donut shop slash comic book shop, right? So mm. when you go in, the owners um, who I've met, they're really, really great. They're in the cosplay, so if you're into that, that's great. Their bathroom is painted like the TARDIS from Doctor Doctor Who. They are really into DC comics, so there's tons of references to um, Wonder Woman and Batman and Superman. Of course, they serve Metropolis coffee, because why not? On weekends, they actually open up their bank vault, and their bank vault is where they have their most, um, you know, high-pressed comic books. So they have maybe have like a rare edition of like a detective comic book where comics were, you know, Batman first appeared. I think I saw one time when I was there like an original EC comic from the Tales from the Crypt series. Okay. So yeah, they have some awesome things. And then they have these wild ass donut flavors. Like my personal great flavor is there's a donut with like grape, um, like grape flavoring on the outside. So it's like grape flavored sugar. It's called the grape escape. It sounds insane, but it's really good. So my favorite donut of Chicagoland is Kim Shaw 13. I think they're brilliant. But outside of that, Stan is like my second favorite. And so I'm just really thrilled that Big Daddy on National Donut Day was thoughtful enough to go to Stan's um, and bring me something to cheer me up. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Mmm, donut. <laughs> so we're wrapping up this short episode of The Gourmet Goober this week. Again, thank you for listening. We'll have a full episode um, next time. In the meantime, you can catch me online at JJ Outlaw on Twitter. At um, Also, you can see me at Gourmet Goober on Instagram. Feel free to tweet me, hashtag the goob. If you have a um, five, oh, you know what? We forgot da, 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 our five-star review. Yes, 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 yes. So we got our very first five-star review um, from our friend Brandon Queen. Um, (laughs) he actually went on 
Well, well, it's not iTunes anymore, right? It's Apple Podcast? Yes. Yeah, um, Apple iTunes, you may have heard, it's going to be no more. So they're, like, getting rid of iTunes, and they're changing it to... Well, I think they're changing it to three things. So they're changing it to Apple Podcasts is going to be the podcast one. Um, there's one that is called um, Apple Music. So you'll see that. And then I think what they did is the iTunes store, they're just going to keep that as kind of like a still, like a store on there. So, yeah, and we'll get to where you are <laughs> as far as social media in a minute, Big Daddy. But I wanted to give a shout out because we promised to read our five-star reviews. And so Brandon was cool enough. He actually said and gave us five stars and said making him hungry awesome podcast keep posting and keep me laughing so thank you brandon for the feedback we promise to have a longer podcast next week um of course i told everyone how to find us online you can drop your own five-star review i think right now you can review us on stitcher and on apple podcasts and big daddy where can they find you online they can find me on the exterior corners of Twitter at T-Outlaw. <laughs> that's T-O-U-T-L-A-W, the outlaw. And on Instagram at T-Outlaw Josie Wells. All right. Excellent. Well, for Big Daddy and I, we want to thank everyone for listening to the Gourmet Goober. Until then, um, happy eating. We'll see you next week.